Hello, welcome to the Friday, October 13th, 2017 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Singapore. When we're talking about version control tools like Git, we usually talk about software development, but Xavier today has a quick diary reminding us that these tools are also very useful to control versioning on configuration files and the like. For example, he's also sharing a quick script here that he threw together in order to manage blacklists and other things that he's extracting from MISP. Now, for certain configurations, you also have some more specialized tools. For example, one of our readers reminded us of Rancid, which is a real nice tool to manage configurations on routers and the like. And it will also monitor these devices for any unauthorized changes. Just from personal experience, I think uh, this really goes way beyond sort of security in that a lot of these changes unauthorized or not are often not properly documented if you don't make it easy and tools like it do just that they make it really easy to document what changes you made so in case there is a problem it's much easier to figure out what particular change caused the issue and the CoinHive cryptocurrency miner, of course, is not going away. The latest sighting comes from Pirate Bay. Now, Pirate Bay isn't exactly known for playing by the rules, so no big surprise there. They had a preliminary announcement a while ago that they may use a crypto coin miner in order to fund their operation instead of ads. It's not clear if this CoinHive miner was actually deployed by Pirate Bay or if it was actually loaded via malicious advertisements. And there's also some competition for CoinHive. CryptoLoot.com is also offering a similar JavaScript that can be deployed in browsers. Both CryptoLoot and CoinHive actually do offer a little UI widget that you can load in your page that does give the user control over how much resources they would like to use for coin mining. But so far, all the instances I have seen really are using it more or less maliciously without asking the user for permission. And Microsoft Office Dynamic Data Exchange is in the news again after SensePost published a blog post with some details how to use this technique to launch malicious software without the need for Word macros, which is how it's usually malware is executed in Word documents. Now, Dynamic Data Exchange or DDE and the exploit of this feature isn't exactly new. What it refers to is that Office documents may call external programs in order to supply them with data. Now, the user is specifically prompted before any external software is launched, but like so many prompts, of course, they may be ignored by users. And this is really not a bug, it's really a feature and more a social engineering trick in order to trick the user to execute malicious software. Our own Didier Stevens actually recently published a Yara rule that makes it pretty easy to detect this kind of trick in Word documents. So it should not be all that difficult to detect 
any documents that are trying to exploit this feature. I don't think the feature is used very often in legitimate documents. And researcher Alfredo Ortega did present an interesting talk at the EcoParty conference with details how to use a good old magnetic hard drive as a microphone. Turns out that these hard drives are of course very vibration sensitive and if the hard drive is vibrating there are small delays that are intentionally induced in order to allow the hard drive to stop vibrating whenever data is written to the hard drive. Well, turns out these delays can be measured and with that it is possible to reconstruct some vibrations within the vicinity of the hard drive that can then be turned into an actual recording device. Now we're not talking about a high quality microphone, more something very rudimentary. It works better for low frequencies than high frequencies. There's also an other sort of aspect to this as pointed out by Alfredo and that's that hard drives can actually be destroyed by sound waves that just have the right frequency. This of course the well-known resonance effect and if you know what frequency a particular hard drive is vulnerable to you don't actually need an awful lot of sound in order to destroy the hard drive. Apparently this particular effect has been triggered accidentally in the past by sirens for example and fire alarms that have destroyed hard drives in data centers. Well and that's it for today so thanks for listening and talk to you again on Monday. Bye.